Portions of The Michael Medved Show are brought to you in part by the Discovery Institute. And on The Michael Medved Show, one of the issues that I find most provocative and fascinating, and one of the reasons I'm glad to be partnered with Discovery Institute, has to do with the origins of life and the origins of human consciousness. And there's a very provocative and fascinating new book that can bring you right up to date with some of the very latest scientific discoveries, which may indicate that what you were taught in science class needs to um, be updated at the very least. Uh, Michael Behe shook up the whole world with his previous book, Darwin's Black Box. It's considered a classic. He's a biochemist. He's an author. And... Uh, he is the advocate, the one of the leading advocates called the father of intelligent design. He serves as a professor of biochemistry at uh, Lehigh University in Pennsylvania. And he is uh, one of the directors and principals at the uh, Center for Science and Culture at Discovery Institute. Uh, Michael, congratulations on the new book, Darwin Devolves. Thanks very much. I have high hopes that it moves the conversation along quite a bit. Okay. One of the very first things to to ask about a book like this, which is groundbreaking, is what's new? What What are the new discoveries? What do we understand right now about how the world works, how cells work, how DNA works that Darwin didn't understand? Well, uh, a bit of background is Darwin... Uh, back in that time period, the middle of the 19th century, didn't know what the cell was. Nobody did then. They they thought it was a piece of jelly, uh, protoplasm, they called it, and, and thought it was pretty simple and that maybe it could just spontaneously arise or bubble up from sea mud. And, of course, now we know that the cell is filled with astonishing molecular machines, real machines made out of molecules, and, and they're very sophisticated. They... The uh, DNA of the cell is like a, a computer and computer program, and uh, it's a whole lot different from what uh, Darwin and his contemporaries thought. And what do we understand about mutations uh, that that Darwin and his contemporaries didn't know? And mutations meaning the the idea that sort of a, a DNA that that uh, some of the cellular structure would just randomly change. Yes, that's right. Well, Darwin didn't know about DNA. Nobody then did. He didn't even know about molecules. They were still kind of theoretical back back then. And over the years, people have seen that when they studied uh, animals or plants, every now and again they'd see a mutant. And by mutant, that means that the animal or plant would be a, a bit different from everybody else. And Sometimes that would help, and they'd say, oh, look, you know, Darwin's theory works. It's uh, a different variety, and it's doing better, so natural selection is coming along. But they couldn't tell what, at the molecular level, what the changes were in DNA that was undergirding that mutation. And it's only, it's only been in the past 10 or 20 years that uh, improvements in techniques and machinery have allowed uh, scientists to look down at that molecular level and see exactly what those those DNA changes are. And when mutations normally occur, it, do they are they normally beneficial? 
No, the the very great majority <laughs> are uh, either deleterious or don't have any effect. There's some places in DNA, or a lot of places in DNA, where you can change something. It doesn't really have any uh, obvious effect, Only, but only a very, very tiny number of them are helpful. Okay, so what you're talking about in your new book is not evolution, it's devolution. Explain. Right. Well, devolution, yeah. Well, it turns out that now that we can look at the DNA, it turns out that uh, the great majority of even helpful mutations break or degrade uh, pre-existing genes, stuff that was already there. So it's not only that most mutations are deleterious, most mutations are harmful, even the ones that are helpful help by breaking stuff that's already there. And that confuses a lot of people, but if you think of Say, say if um, your life depended on your car getting a little bit better gas mileage, what could you do to help it get better gas mileage? Well, of course, you could throw out the back seat or the hood or the lid of the trunk or the doors. Now, those things are helpful in other circumstances, but if your life depended on you getting better gas mileage, then then throwing those things out is the way to go. And it turns out the cell does pretty similar stuff. Okay, what are the consequences here for Darwin's theory and for the idea of intelligent design? Well, the big uh, consequence or the the big question is not how you can break stuff in the cell, even if that helps. The big question is how that sophisticated machinery got there in the first place. You know, throwing away the doors of your car and so on does not tell you how a car is made. Uh, so a powerfully devolutionary mechanism like Darwin's is not the kind that is going to build things in the first place. And just as we thought, uh, the case, you know, becomes much, much, much stronger that you need an intelligence. You need a mind to plan and direct complicated machinery, the construction of complicated machinery. So the leading contender, the only contender for uh, for something that could act like a mind but actually not not have one, Darwin's mechanism has uh, is essentially ruled now ruled out. And ruled out because what you're talking about is a mechanism that reduces complexity rather than adding complexity. That's exactly right. Here's here's another example. Uh, in in uh, Africa, malaria is a big problem, of course, and malaria is a little cell that attaches to people's red blood cells and then goes inside and eats the red blood cell. But it attaches to a particular place, uh, a particular what's called a protein on the outside. But folks in Western Africa, a lot of them have broken the gene for that particular protein so that the malaria can't get into the cell now. And so that's beneficial. That helps them survive, but it's doing so by throwing stuff away that was already there. In other words, removing complexity rather than adding it. Um, the, the, the one question I would have here is I know that your, your book has just been reviewed, 
and uh, twice by very prominent scientists in the journal Science. Now, these were angry reviews. Uh, why is this a victory for Michael Behe and the new book, Cold Darwin Devolved? Well, uh, I, I was very happy with the reviews, even though they were, you know, really rather nasty. And that's because they didn't actually deal with my idea, with the idea of devolution. They would, you know, talk about court cases where uh, people fought about teaching uh, evolution in the public schools that talk about, uh, you know, things that are clearly not known, such as how feathers might have arisen. But, you know, they nobody has shown that Darwinian processes could produce anything complicated. Uh, they talk about a lot of stuff, except the main point of the book. And, and I think it's because nobody has an answer. I mean, but, what can you do? But you, you can gain an answer by going to our website, to michaelmedved.com. Look for information about the new book, Darwin Devolves, the new science about DNA, the challenges, evolution. It's by Michael Behe, the author of Darwin's Black Box. Michael, there's more to talk about We'll have to have you back, and congratulations on the new book. It's Darwin Devolves. It's posted at michaelmedved.com. We'll be right back.